Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. I'm Harvey Asher, a sexaholic. I've been sexually sober 26 years and four months. But who's counting? Uh, you know, I, I was sitting there, and even before Mike spoke, and I had this image of little Toto, that dog, in The Wizard of Oz, and how it went and pulled down the curtain. And it was this little guy <laughs> with gray hair <laughs> was doing all this stuff with God, uh, Oz, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's me. <laughs> um, that's me. I'm this guy behind the curtain um, that somehow uh, God's done some miracles on. And before I start and give some thanks, um, I need to tell you how sick I am. I just need to tell you. Um, I had an obsession two weeks ago that when I spoke here, I needed to wear a thin tie. On some TV program, this guy was wearing this very narrow little tie. And, and I said, Nancy, I gotta get a tie to wear for Saturday night. And I dragged her to one store after another. <laughs> and they did not have these narrow little ties. And I guess it was five stores. And then I got preoccupied, and I said, they had one in Israel when we were there. I should have bought that one. And I went ahead, and we finally found one, and I bought it. And then I come in tonight and see Mike wasn't wearing a tie. (laughs) And so I took my tie and jacket off. But I want to show you the tie anyway. (laughs) I want to thank Chicago for inviting me, but I especially want to thank Mike. Um, what an honor when Mike called me to speak. I, uh, I'd say I was speechless, <laughs> but <laughs> that might not be accurate. Mike called me, and I was in my car, and um, it was the first time I think I was driving. Uh, and I'll tell you why, Miss Mike said, oh, how you doing, Harvey? And he thought I'd say, fine. 
And I said, oh, I just had a heart attack five days ago. He said, what? I said, yeah, but it's okay. He said, well, I was calling to ask you to speak Saturday night at the conference. And he said, do you think you'd be up to it? I would have been resurrected from the grave to come here tonight. No way was I not going to come here tonight. And I said to Mike, I'll be there somehow. Uh, uh, we're talking about sweet hope. And I want to begin the sweet hope uh, with Mike. This Mike represents a part of a process in the program that we don't often talk about. See, uh, Mike and I don't talk to each other that often, periodically. Uh, but Mike's my brother. Um, Mike's my son. Uh, Mike represents family to me that I can't express. And we were out for dinner with Mike and Kathy the other night, and as Mike was sharing about his family, he wasn't sharing about his family, he was sharing about our family. You know? Our family, his sisters and his brothers, are my family, his experience with his father and his mother. Those are, they're my family. I've never met them. I did meet a brother once. But this is a part of the sweet hope that we can't describe in this fellowship. That we get a family of choice not only a family of coincidence that we happen to be born in. And I want to tell the story. Sometimes I've said stories before, but my, my sponsor used to say, Harvey, we only have one story to tell. And sometimes you're going to repeat what you've said. And the story is about that many years ago in this fellowship, there was a great tension. It was a terrible period of tension. You know, you get a bunch of drunks together, you're going to get tension. And I got this very ugly poison pen email. And it attacked my religion. And I went into panic mode. I got very frightened that I was going to be taken away. It brought out all kinds of primal experiences for me. And I called Mike up and I said, Mike, this is what happened. And in his tough Chicago accent, he said, don't worry, Harvey, I won't let anyone hurt you. And I said, I've been waiting all my life 
for a Christian person to say that to me. And it was in this fellowship. That I heard that. Only in this fellowship do we get experiences where we know we're never alone again. Never alone again. And I want to talk about sweet hope. And there's so much to talk about, but just 20 minutes to do it in. And I want to tell you about the experience I've had for the past few months. Many months ago, people from Iran started to call me. uh, Pretty consistently. Having heard my CDs, they called me. Knowing my religion, they called me. And one day, a young Muslim guy from England who I met at a conference a couple of years ago called me to say, I heard you weren't feeling well or something like that. How are you feeling? And all of a sudden, I said, what's going on here? I'm loving these people. They're loving me. What is this that's happening? How could this be? They know my background. I know their background. And they're calling me. And then I started to cry, actually to weep. And I said, my God, this stuff is bigger than us. This is God doing this stuff. This is God breaking down barriers. This is God connecting us with, as my sponsor would call, Jess would say, through spiritual friendships. And then all of a sudden I realized what Jess meant, spiritual friendships. He meant, I'm connected to you all. Through my soul. I'm connected to you through my spirit. I'm connected to you through my God channels. And then I said, Wow, isn't this what they talk about when we talk about the lion laying down with the lamb? And then I realized we're getting a glimpse of the Messiah, either his second coming or his first coming by whatever belief you have. We in 12-step programs are experiencing a messianic experience how we transcend political beliefs. And poor Mike had experienced Mike getting a little crazy with politics the other night. Political beliefs and religious beliefs and philosophical beliefs. We're connected 
in this such such a holy, sweet place. And then a few months ago, I got this extraordinary call that they wanted us to come for three weeks. No, they wanted us to come for about ten days, but I stretched it out to three weeks. (laughs) God, staying honest is so painful. (laughs) And they wanted us to come to help the groups out there. And I'm not a very religious person in my tradition, and I was going to a group of very religious people. And again, (laughs) I started to cry, and all I could think of was the amazing grace. How could a wretch like me a wretch, a low-life liver who would keep giving his wife venereal diseases, who was a compulsive masturbator and was promiscuous with men and women and you name it, how could a wretch like me be asked to go to the holiest of holy places for three great religions? How could that happen? And I just could not deal with it because I started feeling God in these experiences with Iran and these experiences with going to Israel. I started experiencing this sweet hope of the 11th and 12th step. You know, we're a young fellowship. We don't get to talk a whole lot about the 11th and 12th step. But God's will for me was to have done every one of those low-life things. He knew it was part of the plan to get me so sick and have such a low-life story that I could go and speak to people all over the world to say, this is possible. This is possible. It's possible not to act out. It's possible not to live with lust. It's possible not to be in a world of sexual fantasies. It's possible. And I got to see my 11th step. That my Not only is an essay just part of my life, it is my life. I got to see that the 12th step cannot be part of my life. It is my life. There is no disconnect between me and 12-step work. And if I weren't married to a saint who would doesn't rip the telephone out of the wall. I wouldn't again be able to be appreciative of how God worked this out to give me a wife like I have. Wife who's willing to go 
to, to Israel and buy new wardrobes where her, she had her head covered all the time at our conferences. They had to speak 32, I spoke 32 hours there. Good luck, but I'll try my best. Okay, I'm ready to go. And let me tell you my fears. First, it was a week of the flotillas. And it was a week Ahmadinejad was yelling he was going to blow Israel off the map. And here, I don't want to go. <laughs> I made every excuse I could think of. It wasn't God's will. I had a direct it. And somehow, he got me through that fear. And we go there, and I found a peace like I can't talk about. I can't, the words won't come out. To be at the wall with the Dome of the Rock right there, and the wall of the Temple Mount, and right near there, the different stations that Christ walked for Christianity. To be at that spot, I could not talk about it. And to be there helping people find recovery. What a, a gift. You know, to pass the hope. And I want to read this, and you know, I called my sponsor today because it's not approved literature, but he has 53 years, 54 years of sobriety in AA, and he said, go for it. <laughs> but I want to tell you the story first of this man who is probably one of us who lived 200 years ago. And he had such a vile mouth, such cursing, such behavior, that to get rid of him in England, they sent him into the Navy when he was young, just to get rid of him. And what does he do in the Navy? He becomes a slave trader. And one day in a storm, he knew what he had to do. And he became an abolitionist after trials and errors. And he wrote this poem that was late, eventually put to music. And it's me. And the hope and the sweetness and it tells the same words, the three words that we're talking about in Chicago. Sweet, hope, and where they got it from in Chicago, home. 
And it goes, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. And this is the sweet hope that he could take a wretch like me and let people be wanting to listen to what I have to say and for me to be very aware that if I was saying this stuff, you're in trouble. That I would have to just pray, God, you talk for me. Let me be, as the 11th step prayer says, an instrument of thy peace. Somehow, God, remove these character defects of mine so that I could be your instrument. And thank you so much for letting me come and share tonight. It's meant a whole lot to me. Thank you. to let that sink in. We do have two more speakers, but I forgot to do something before Harvey came up, and that is to invite John B. from Nashville to come up here and speak uh, shortly about the SA International Central Office. Okay. John B. and Kay, of course. Let's give them a round of applause. 